Hello and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Frary and Smith podcast. After 13 weeks of the regular season, the Sunbelt Football Championship game kicks off tomorrow in Troy, Alabama. Troy comes in riding a nine-game winning streak, and App State has won five in a row. They will square off for the right to be the Sunbelt champions in 2023. We're excited to talk about tomorrow's game shortly, but before we do, we wanted to tell you about Wednesday's unique episode. Caden and I were joined by former Sunbelt stars, Troy's Carlton Marshall, as well as two-time championship MVP, Darrington Evans from App State, to provide insight into the Sunbelt championship matchup. If you haven't given it a listen, trust us, you're going to want to do just that. Today on episode 156 of the show, it's time to preview the Sunbelt Football Championship. We're excited to speak with Troy head coach John Summerall and App State's top man, Sean Clark, on today's episode. Plus, Caden and I will tell you what you need to know about tomorrow's big game. Caden, as I mentioned, 13 weeks of the regular season football, it all comes down to this, a Sunbelt Championship game. You've played in three of them. What's this experience like playing in this game? No, it's an experience I wish everyone could experience themselves as a player, as an outsider. It's just one of those things that you never forget. Hosting, especially, is just particularly special. It's not something you see across college football. You see a lot of these games played at neutral sites. But when you're during the week and you're practicing and you're seeing Sunbelt crews come through your stadium and trying to make it look like a neutral site by putting Sunbelt stickers and and banners all around the stadium, but then knowing your crowd's going to be there supporting you and you're going to have that home field advantage for a championship matchup. It just gets your excitement going for the entire week and it just all culminates to the championship game. That's something that's unforgettable and you finally get all the work of the offseason, all of the work in this season culminating into one game and really being able to just let it on the line for four quarters. And that's what I expect to see from both of these teams this weekend. Just a lot of excitement throughout the week, I'm sure, for both squads and just can't wait to watch them get after it on Saturday. Well, the road team has never won a Sunbelt Championship game. We'll see if that changes this weekend. Well, all right, everyone, like we promised, you'll be hearing from the head coaches of both Sunbelt Football Championship participants in this episode. Troy's John Summerall will join us first, then App State Sean Clark's going to hop on. Let's not waste any more time. It's time to hear from two of the top coaches in the Sunbelt. Well, we are excited to once again be joined by Troy head coach John Summerall on the Freire and Smith podcast. John, thanks for coming on. I appreciate y'all having me on. Well, coach, let's jump right in. And it feels like we're right back where we were last year. Your team is preparing to play in another Sunbelt championship game that you guys will host at Troy. How did last year's experience help this team as you guys have prepared for this game on Saturday? Yeah, the guys that were here, there's a lot of carryover in regards to just the rhythm, the routine, and kind of what's coming with the week. Uh, you know, we've got 60-something new guys on the team, though, so it's very different. Um, just th- those guys haven't experienced this or what this week is like. So there are some familiar names that you guys remember from last year's team, uh, Del Pettis and Kamani and Gunner, and those guys were here. There's a lot of guys – that are on this team making significant impact that uh, weren't with us, Chris Lewis and Urshad Davis and uh, several of those guys. So um, some some newness there, but we've at least been here before as a team and a program, so we kind of have a better feel for what's come with each step. Great to have you back on the podcast, Coach. You're becoming a veteran now of this show, but the last time we spoke to you before this season, you mentioned how you moved past last year's championship in early January, and you were determined for this team to avoid complacency and be present in the moment. From a character and intangible standpoint, what traits would you say allowed this year's team to yet again put another successful year together? 
Yeah, I think this group was tough. It's been tough all year um, and really resilient. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy how the two years have mirrored each other in some regards, starting one and two a year ago and starting one and two again this year. Um, this team was much less proven. And uh, I was a little bit concerned early about what was our mental makeup. Did we have that toughness and resiliency? Um, and, you know, game four, we play Western Kentucky and we beat them here at home. And then we go on the road and beat Georgia State. And then it just kind of got the, the process going of some momentum and some confidence. And really, um, I think the biggest challenge this day and age, like I mentioned, we had 60-something new players on the roster, is just getting connectivity and cohesion amongst the guys so that they play for each other and they care about each other. And that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So um, this team, though, has been really tough and resilient. It's been fun to watch them grow into their its own team, not last year's team. Yeah, I think uh, it's been neat to see from afar just how this team has picked up right where it left off, but also built a, a new identity. Coach, let's talk about this defense. You're a defensive guy. It's you know still playing at a championship level despite having a lot of new pieces. You've got a new offensive coordinator, Greg Gasparato, but you lost leaders like Carlton Marshall, K.J. Robertson, Harris, Slocum. What's led to the maintained success despite losing so many key pieces on that defense? Yeah, we lost both linebackers, like you said, off of last year's team. Um, lost T.J. Harris out at Spear, Nickel. Um, lost Greg Slocum at free safety. There were significant losses. We also had some really quality, high-level players returning. Um, Buddha and Rich and Javon and TJ and A.J. Pierce up front are some of the guys that were here last year. We added some pieces to that group with Zach Edwards um, and some, some other guys that have been Raymond Cutts who have made some positive plays um, and really – uh, the middle guys that replaced some of the guys that left in Carlton and KJ have grown as the year has gone. And then our back end, um, Reddy, Dell, O'Shea, Keyshawn Swanson, those guys played a lot last year. And then you add into the fold a Don Callis, uh, an Urshad, and then Caleb Ransall has been fully healthy for the whole year and playing spear for us. So we've just really kind of come together as the year has gone um, and improved. Uh, steadily as the year has unfolded. But really up front, I think we're really strong. And then in the back end, we're strong. It allowed the guys in the middle to sort of find their way early. Um, but the pass rush has been different this year. It's been very special to watch. Coach, the last time we talked to you, you also called your shot about the evolution of this quarterback position, this offense as a whole. And I think most notably the multiplicity of the offense. I think the strategy and game plan to beat Army in their own game on the ground and then follow that the next week by throwing for nearly 400 yards against Texas State was one of the most impressive offensive things I think I've seen from a team this season, this season in the Sun Belt and has been kind of the, the staple and the best example of how multiple you've been able to be this season. What's it been like watching this offense kind of evolve in front of your eyes from a unit that was kind of more complimentary to the defense last year versus one that's now taking its shots picking where they want to pick apart a defense and ultimately being the reason why you're winning football games this year. Yeah. You know, the year before we got here, the offense ranked in the hundreds in most statistical categories that mattered total offense points per game, et cetera. Last year um, we improved, but it wasn't like earth shattering improvement. It was just steady improvement. So we were more like in the eighties in most offensive categories that mattered. And then now, uh, you know, our total offense has gone up. Our scoring per game has gone up. 
Um, we've improved in so many areas, um, third down, red zone, all those areas. We've improved a lot. Um, some of that's got a lot to do with the players, right? Like Gunner has made his own individual development. Um, and then guys around him have developed. But then I think year two, you're able to adapt and find different ways to be creative to complement the pieces that you have. Um, I think we've got a unique receiver room. You know, everybody knows Jabri Barber, Deshaun Stoudemire. But then you had Chris Lewis and then Devontae Ross, um, Landon Parker. We've got some different pieces there at tight end. Our guys have been playing good in that room. Clayton Hollandike, Ethan Connor, uh, Brody Dalton, um, and a running back. Uh, everybody talks about KV, and he's done a great job. He's been the bell cow, but Asa Martin and uh, Damian Taylor have had their own moments this year. So, really, it's allowed us to adapt um, week to week. Um, each week, it, there's a different formula for winning the game. And some of it's got a lot to do with who we are, but who is the opponent? What are they going to try to take away from you? And what do you have to be able to try to take advantage of? And we've won games a lot of different ways here. You know, last year, our calling card most weeks was the defense. This year, the defense has still played really good, but offensively, we've had some moments where the offense has really carried us at times. It's been fun to watch. Coach, you mentioned Chris Lewis. Is he the emergency quarterback heading into the weekend after that touchdown throw in the final game of the regular season? Yeah, he asked me for some snaps under center this week, but I told him we, we'd probably hold off. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was a good throw by him last week. That's one of the, one of the fun things is that, like, our receiver group, uh, running back group too, for that matter, but our receiver group, we got some dudes that can launch the ball. Like, when you just watch our guys kind of play catch, like maybe when we're doing like just a walkthrough day or something, like a lot of our receivers, our running backs, our tight ends, everybody, like there's guys that um, they got big-time arms that you're like, wow, I didn't know you could throw that good. So it's always fun when you can create those trick plays. Well, definitely we'll have to pay attention uh, for the wrinkles heading into Sunday or Saturday's championship game. Coach, I wouldn't be very good at what I do if I don't ask about Kaimani Vidal's season. He was a Doak Walker semifinalist. He broke the career, the single season, the single game rushing records this year and has been really a catalyst to this team's success. We've all seen the highlights, but in your two years with him, what has impressed you about who he is as a person? He's got unbelievable character and work ethic. Um, he is extremely low maintenance and high output. Uh, you know, there's some guys you have to remind them of things or you have to stay on about certain things. Kamani is such a self-driven, self-motivated, attention-to-detail guy. Um, you know, really, when I think about our team with Kamani and with Javon Solomon, two of our best players that do everything the right way. and. They're the easiest guys to coach that I've ever been around. And Kamani is uh, just a consummate teammate, a tremendous worker. We talk a lot in our program about better people make better players. He's a really good football player. He is a better human. And uh, when you got that going for you, it makes your team dynamic and your leadership stuff. It really makes it special. And your, your guys on your roster watch that and they follow that. And they emulate that. Yeah, there's no question that having coachable players that can kind of echo the, the voices of the coach and the staff that are leaders are, are priceless on football teams, especially championship teams. But let's talk about your opponent, coaches, App State team. What stood out from them as far as what you see on the offense and defense from a scouting report standpoint? I'm sure their strong season, finish to the regular season, rather has definitely stood out to y'all. Yeah, I would say the first thing that sticks out is just their growth they've made throughout the year. You know, they didn't start maybe the way they wanted to. 
Uh, I think they started three and four, but then you look at the last five games, and wow, it's like a different team. And offensively, um, you know, they've, they've always run the ball really well, and they're still doing that really well. The quarterback is playing at a high level. Um, the receivers complement what they do. They, they run the ball. They take play-action shots off the run game. They're not afraid to throw the ball vertically down the field eight to ten times a game. Um, then they do a really nice job of, you know, we talked about Chris Lewis th- throwing the ball last week. It seems like always when you get in that fringe red area, they always have a wrinkle or a trick play or a gadget you got to be ready for. So I like how they plan um, their offense weekly. Um, they're very uh, – their bread and butter is the outside zone, and they do a great job as good as anybody I've seen running that scheme. Defensively, they've really been – what's really spurred their success is tackles for loss and turnovers. They create a lot of negative plays in your backfield, and they get the ball off of people. Um, so turnovers have been big. And then special teams, they just play really, really sound. Um, I like what they do, and they're really good at what they do, and they make sure that they're very sound in what they do. So they've been been—they've got a lot of momentum. They've been playing at a high level. I think it's neat to see how they've come together um, as the year has gone. Coach, last question here. Your Trojans obviously winning the Sunbelt Championship last year. You're looking to do something that only the 2018 and 2019 App State teams that Caden was a part of did, and that's repeat as champions. What would it mean to this fan base to keep the Sunbelt Championship trophy in Troy, Alabama? I mean, a great deal. I mean, this is a uh, top to bottom. This Sunbelt Conference is extremely challenging. And, uh, you know, Credit to our commissioner, Keith Gill, and their staff. Like, I was an assistant in this league 2015, 16, and 17. The league we're in now is not the league I was in then as an assistant. The league now, it is uh, every week, it's a grind, man. And so to be playing for this game is a big deal. Um, and it's a special opportunity and a privilege that we get to do it. Uh, and it just means a, a lot to our program, our university, and our community to be able to be involved in it. And um, we would love to have the opportunity to go out and play our best football. And if we were able to win it, man, it it would really create, I think, a great legacy for a lot of these guys that are on this team that maybe we're here for some hard times too. And um, that's the thing that I think is most rewarding for me individually is just seeing the guys that have stuck it out, the Gunners, the Kamanis, the Javon Solomons, and they've seen the turnaround through um, and really helped kind of get this program back to where we all want it to be. Well, Coach, certainly appreciate the time today. Wishing you and your team best of luck as you guys wrap up preparations and looking forward to watching you guys play for a Sunbelt Championship on Saturday. Thank you all. I appreciate you. Go Trojans. Hey, everyone. We're interrupting today's show to tell you about our recently released Prairie and Smith podcast newsletter. Subscribers will receive weekly emails when new episodes release, as well as information about the top Sunbelt football storylines that week. You can subscribe today using the link in the show notes of this episode or by clicking the link in our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter bios. It's the best way to keep up with the Sunbelt football and the Prairie and Smith podcast. Now let's get back to the rest of today's episode. Well, it's always a good day when we get to welcome Caden's former coach and current head coach of the App State Mountaineers to the show, Sean Clark. Thanks for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us. No, I appreciate having me on. Uh, just getting uh, preparation for this week's uh, showdown in Troy. You've got a, a, a big game coming up this weekend. And 
Coach, you guys have been practicing all week long. What's the team's mindset right now? This roster kind of has an interesting combination of guys that have played on past championship teams, guys who haven't. What have you seen from this group and their preparation leading up to Saturday? Yeah, very businesslike. And every game we go to, it's about being one and zero and and living in the moment. And I think our kids have done that all year long. You can't look in the rearview mirror. You can't look ahead. And you're only as good as you uh, as of today. And I think our team has taken that uh, persona. And uh, again, it's Wednesday today, and we're just trying to get ready for today. Get our uh, red zone stuff on both sides of the football. Always great to have you on the podcast, Coach, especially under these terms. But when you look at the struggles from last season and the first half of this year, that came with a ton of noise from outsiders, even the fan base. You're having to hear about your job, the players. People are coming after them on social media, yet you you and this team are now back in the conference championship. Could you maybe speak to the mindset of the team and the significance of making it back to this championship stage, especially just given what the last year has looked like to this program? Yeah, last year was tough, without a question. Anytime you go 6-6 six and six and don't make it to a bowl game, it's tough here at Appalachian State. There's uh, high expectations here, and I knew that when I signed up for the job. You played here. You've heard it before. Um, but again, coming into this season, I, I knew we had a good football team, and anytime your starter goes out the, the seventh play of the first game, you put a new quarterback in, you have to kind of reassess some things and start over. But now our kids are resilient, and I said that all year long, that we have a really good football team. We lost four games by 4.8 points, uh, and we've been had a chance to win it um, in the fourth quarter every single game. So uh, you go back to the um, Old Dominion game, and we have a chance to tie it in the fourth. It don't work out. And, you know, we came back to work that next day. I told him, man, you, you can't look at social media. People are going to beat you up, beat me up. But that, that's the world we live in, and it's really about being present. And and don't worry about what what's could happen, what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. You have to win today and then go to the next day. And our players have done that. And we have a great uh, leadership group here. Our captains have been phenomenal. Um, and I just know we have the right people in place to make a run at this thing. Now, Coach, it's no secret there has been a lot of tight losses over the last year plus. What has led to this turnaround for you guys winning some of those games now? We're, we're making some more plays right now. I think Joey's playing at a high level, which gives you a, a chance to win every single game. Uh, we had a new defensive staff in. The sch- schematics were about very, very similar to they have in the past, but Coach Sloan brought his own taste of things. And uh, you have to be able to play um, meaningful games to to go through the hard times. And um, I, I just knew on defense we had a really good football. We had really good players. And once Coach Sloan, you know, kind of uh, slowed some things down, minimized the playbook, and we started playing faster and started playing um, App, State, App State football. And, and that's been fun to watch. I mean, you go back to some of the games where one person makes a mistake and it looks terrible. Uh, Ten guys can do the right thing. If one person is not in their gap, doesn't stay on top, then you're going to give up points. And as a whole, our defense from the fourth quarter of the Southern Miss game to now has played lights out. Now, Coach, Caden introduced me to the phrase, remember November. It's a common phrase up in Boone, and it's no secret that this team has been playing their best football in November. How much of an emphasis was there on on finishing this regular season strong, much like you guys have done? A big emphasis, and we knew we controlled our own dest- our own destiny in some ways. And uh, that phase uh, phrase has been here for a long time. Uh, back when I was a player, and Caden was a player, and, and until today, it's very truthful. You know, things can be really bad early. I say really bad. You can make some mistakes early in the season, but. November's where championships are uh, are made, and uh, we told that uh, the first of November, and our kids uh, took it and ran with it. And again, all that all the credit goes to our players and the way they've been professional about things, the way they go out their business. Um, it's been fun to watch. 
Yeah, Coach, you mentioned that defense, which has just been looking like a completely different animal, I think has been the best example of the evolution of this team with the way they finished the regular season. The physicality is on a different level. We're seeing more turnovers. It's all things that you come to expect from an App State defense. You mentioned kind of limiting the playbook a little bit, but what are some other big reasons you would say for the growth specifically of this defense that you've seen this year? I think our defensive line is playing very well right now. And, and that's you know, without two starters. Sean Collins is out for the season. We just got uh, Marcus Clark back uh, from an injury. So we're starting to add some depth. Uh, but you look at like Santana Hopper. He's playing very well right now. Big Mike Fletcher's playing well right now. He's He has the length we need. He's a transfer from Michigan State. Uh, DeAndre Dingle Prince is playing well. And I think when, anytime your defensive line is playing well and creating havoc plays – First of all, it speeds the quarterback up. It gets him off a spot, and our, our secondary doesn't have to cover as long. And, and that's been the key. If you can't get to the quarterback and you're asking your secondary to cover for four to five seconds, then that's not good. So we've, um, we're have we playing better up front. We're playing better in the secondary. Our linebackers are playing downhill. And I think that's that's been our biggest turnaround. And you look at the tape, our kids are playing fast right now. They're not thinking as much. Or, or, they're see ball, get ball. And that's what we have to do here at App to be successful. Now, Coach, you know, switching sides of the football, we've got to talk about Joey Aguilar. He's gone from losing the starting job in fall camp to breaking school records, his deep ball accuracy, the ability to get the ball in the end zone, and and really just his ability to elevate this offense despite some injuries at that running back position. Talk about the work that Frank Ponce has done with him and what stood out to you when watching his game. Well, again, Coach Ponce did a great job with Joey, but, you know, great players make you great coaches. And just to watch uh, Joey, how he's evolved. Um, Joey has a very talented arm, and he can throw it from number hash to numbers, and he has a nice touch from the deep ball. But really, he's going through his progressions, and he's learning now that if you end every possession with a kick, that's a good thing. You don't have to make that kind of throw. And he's learning to take the easy throws. He's learned the, the check downs. You go back to last week, we throw three check downs to go for 20 yards. And he's just getting more comfortable back there. The offensive line is playing well around him, and I think we have some of the most underrated uh, wide receivers in our conference. No one really talks about Caden Robinson, Christian Horn, Makai Jackson, Deshaun Davis. Uh, those are some great receivers, and we just had to find a way to get the ball in their hands and let them make plays. Yeah, Coach, I definitely think between the wideouts and the tight ends this year, I have an underrated and really deep room of pass catchers just across the board, and Joey's definitely been taking advantage of it. But switching to your opponent, Coach, this this Troy team, let's get a scouting report from you. What stood out about the Trojans this year? I would imagine their defense kind of maintaining that standard and their offense maybe taking some steps forward or some of those things that, that stand out from Troy this year. Yeah, Coach Shamal's done a great job. There's a reason that they've lost two games since we played them here at the, the Rock in 22. Um, I think it starts with their defensive line. I mean, the two the two ends they have, uh, both the boundary and field end, I think one has nine sacks, one has 14 sacks, and they can really get at you in the pass game. Um Again, on the on the back end, they got a great two great corners. Their safeties play downhill. Uh, that's going to be challenging, and that's going to be a big challenge for offensive line this this week. Uh, you look at their offense. I mean, the running back. I think he's rushed for thirteen hundred yards, and he's five eight, almost two hundred some pounds. He he. The it's it's neat to watch the yards after contact. Not one person really brings him down. And then their offensive line is playing well, and they have you know three really good receivers. They have a, a, a tall kid and go up and get the deep uh, deep ball. Then they have a little slot that I think is a transfer from Kentucky, and and he, he is he's dynamic. So we have to know where those two are at all, at all times. But it's really going to be one of the trenches. I think uh, our offensive line versus their defensive line, and vice versa. It's going to be a great college football game. We're looking forward to it, and we're just uh, we're privileged to represent the Sun Belt East and play for a championship. 
Coach, we'll end with this, and, and you've said before, and Caden talks about it frequently, that this is an App State program that is judged on winning championships. What would it mean for this fan base, this program, to bring that Sunbelt Championship trophy home to Boone come Saturday evening? It would mean a lot for us in this building. I mean, that's that's first and foremost. Uh, but, again, we can control what we can control. And, and this team reminds me of the 2017 team we had here that had some tough losses on the road. We lost at Monroe. We lost at UMass. And, and then our, our kids started um, playing better. We started coaching better. It's everyone's involved. It's just not players. It's, it's everybody involved. So in that year, we wanted to uh, finish 9-4, and four, win a bowl game, and uh, prepare ourselves for the next season. But um, I like this football team. I, I like our chances. We, well, we have to play great football down there. We can't turn the football over. And that's going to be one of the keys to victory. Well, Coach, always appreciate your time and coming on the Frarian Smith Podcast. Wishing you and your team uh, best of luck uh, on Saturday. I appreciate it, guys. Hope to see you guys in the stands down there. Caden, that was always fun talking to those two head coaches. I know that those are two of the guys that uh, we enjoy talking to the most. Coach Summerall has been on the podcast more than any other and always enjoy a great opportunity to talk to your former head coach, Sean Clark. But let's jump into this Sunbelt Championship game between Troy and App State. It's going to air on ESPN at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, the broadcast team, John Schriffin, Kirk Morrison, and Stormy Bonatoni on the call for this game. But, Caden, we got to start with talking about these Troy Trojans. A sustained success over the last couple of seasons. We've talked about how successful this Troy program has been, 22-4 and over the last two years. They're 12-0 and versus Sunbelt West schools. They've outscored opponents by 10 points per game during that two-year stretch. Kate, and this defense has been fantastic. I know you love their multiplicity on offense right now. We need to appreciate what John Summerall and his staff have been able to do since arriving in Troy. We have to, Noah, because John Summerall has slowly but surely created what I think is probably the scariest team to face in the entire conference. The fact that they were able to go on the championship run they were last year, despite some of their offensive shortcomings and just really being able to kind of just establish a mindset that they're going to do whatever it takes to win that starts at Coach Summerall and goes all the way down to the players and you see it week in and week out. And then this year they were able to improve it seems like a little bit on the defensive side of the ball and then completely take a 180 and have their offense being out there just having a calculated attack choosing when to run the ball when to throw the ball their quarterback has shown a huge step in the right direction this team is absolutely scary it reminds me of almost playing a military school they're just very just military aspect I think when it comes to how they go about their business and how they're able to handle business and you have to give credit to coach Sumrall I was talking to my mom and she was asking me what how, how has Troy been recruiting? Who's going to Troy? Well, I've, I haven't heard much about Troy, and all of a sudden they're in back-to-back championship games. It's it's Coach Summerall and the culture they're able to establish when it comes to the weight room with their strength staff, when it comes to on the field. This team's pretty undeniable in their way. They're, enable, they're able to force their will upon their opponents with their physicality, with their mental side of things, getting taken care of with their coaching staff schematically. This team is definitely scary to play. They definitely deserve their flowers as far as what they've been able to do. And I know App State has had them circled for a while now, knowing that they have some extra motivation coming off the way they ended their game last year and that Hail Mary from a season ago. Yeah, definitely one of the best finishes to a Sunbelt game, Caden, that we've got to experience in person. Caden, you talk about this App State program, and obviously it's a program that is near and dear to your heart, but when you look at App State, it's a, it's a very different story. They have a winning pedigree, but the last year obviously was a disappointment. This year through seven games, it looked like it would be much the same 
After that ODU loss, though, they win five games in a row. You're 4-0 and in the month of November. And Caden, as Coach Clark said, that's how this team's going to be remembered. They're remembered for their November. You win on the road at number 18, James Madison. The offense has gotten back to, dare I say, 2018-2019 levels. The defense has been the anchor to this turno- turnaround. Cato, if you believe in getting hot at the right time, this App State team has done that. They definitely have, and for all the same reasons we can give credit to Troy for sustaining their success that they've had in the last two years. You have to give credit to App State for being able to kind of reignite their success in the middle of this season. When you look at last year in the first half of this season, just the the no one will really understand unless you've been in a program like this what the expectations feel like when year in and year out you're expected to be in the conference championship game. And when you don't uphold that, it's not only a, a burden and a pressure from the outside, but internally it's huge pressure. I remember in the past at App State when we would have one or two games where maybe we won or lost and things didn't look right. But we had senior leaders holding the players accountable and saying, hey, this isn't our standard. We know it's early in the season, but we have to pick it up. And I couldn't imagine being on these teams the last two years in the adversity they faced. So the fact they were able to block out all that noise in the back half of this season, play some of the best football we've seen this team play in the last two years is definitely a credit to the coaches, a credit to the players, because any team may having a turnaround like this is one thing, but having the pressure and the expectations just adds another level of sweetness, I think, for these players being able to kind of have that payoff. They, a lot of them got all conference recognition this year, but I think them being in the cha- conference championship game really shows there's tenacity and their ability to kind of put their heads down, block out the outside noise, and now put themselves on a stage that definitely looked very unlikely heading into the season. So shout out to the same way for the Troy staff and the Troy players, this App State team, for being able to turn things around just given the high pressure and high expectations that come with playing in the high country. Kane, you've told me off the show before just how important consistency is from coaching staffs. And these are two teams that have very consistent coaching staffs in terms of leadership. I think that's a big reason why they're playing in this game. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Joey Aguilar was named the Sunbelt Conference Newcomer of the Year yesterday. Gunnar Watson didn't receive all-conference hype, but Caden, I'll say it, and Troy would too, I think he's a top-five quarterback in this conference. We put out a graphic the other day on Twitter. When you look at these two quarterbacks, they've combined to throw 59 touchdowns this year, just 14 interceptions. Let's talk Joey Aguilar first, because he's a Juco kid, lost the starting job in camp, takes over for week one when Berger goes down with a finger injury, and he's gone on to put together one of the best seasons by an App State quarterback ever. And if you need some evidence, he just picked up the most passing touchdowns in a season. 64% completion, fourth in passing yards, led in touchdowns in the Sun Belt this year. And outside of Jordan McLeod, Caden, it's hard to argue that he's not this league's second best quarterback. Yeah, no, we've talked about his field, his play on the field this entire season, how amazing he's been in this late stretch of the year. But I think when we talk about the same adversity that this entire team faced all year, you have to picture being a guy like Joey Aguilar, who comes into from a JUCO place school in California, coming to App State and knowing the winning tradition and the expectations that come with being an App State quarterback, battling all offseason to get that starting spot and coming up short. But then having your number called 360 next thing you know, and you're the guy in the first game of the season closing things out and trying to make an impact. And then having kind of Brian Berger looking behind you, the season didn't go the way he probably wanted to and this team wanted to in the beginning of the year, but really being able to turn things around and get things going. I think if you look at the App State turnaround as a whole, from the team standpoint, Joey is definitely the epitome of that. You've seen it in his play recently. I mean, if you look at his last couple games, 
three three touchdown games and two four touchdown games that's something that can't be taken lightly as far as being able to score the football and put this offense and team as a whole in a position to succeed so i think the mental toughness daring to talk about the poise this guy has shown throughout the entire year i think the mental side of things and the intangible side of things is probably one of the most underrated things as far as joey's journey this entire year but the numbers in the film and watching games definitely don't lie either this is a guy who's been putting the ball in the end zone at a higher rate than anyone else in the conference to finish the year out he's getting the most out of every single pass catcher whether it's a tight end whether it's their slew of wide receivers they have he's been getting the most out of all of those guys as well and finding them all in the end zone so you have to give a credit for joey for having a year that didn't start the way he expected to and ending it with an exclamation point as far as what he's been able to do in the month of november and what he could do potentially in this championship game well Caden, unlike app state quarterbacks of the past he's also done it without that elite dynamic running game that we've come to expect uh you know even thinking back to guys like darrington evans when he he played in those championship years in 2018 2019 Caden Gunner Watson, he won the championship MVP last year. Summerall has talked about his progression in terms of leadership and an increased work ethic. He made his 50th career appearance to end the regular season. He's got career highs in touchdowns in passing yards this year, and he's also taken care of the football, just five interceptions. And I thought it was interesting when you look at Sunbelt quarterbacks who threw the ball over 375 times this year, he was the leader with just five interceptions. He's gone from being a game manager last year to a true game changer this year on a championship football team for Troy. Yeah, and he's not just going from a game manager last year. No, he's going from a guy from a week-to-week basis that could have been taken out of the game if he wasn't playing well enough. We saw Jared Dagey get his number called multiple times last year during the season as this offense was trying to figure out their best formula to complementing their defense, which was pretty much dragging them to a conference championship game. But when you look at what he's been able to do this year, Gunnar Watson has been just a complete revelation. This is a guy who goes from throwing 2,800 yards last year to 3,000 this year, 14 touchdowns to 26. And you talk about going from 12 interceptions to five this year this guy from the very first game of the year in the first couple weeks I noticed that he was moving different and coach Summerall told us that he was taking his diet differently he was just really honing his craft and trying to better himself this offseason and it definitely showed this year when you look at what he was able to do from the start to the finish of the season so the same way we gave credit for Joey for kind of battling adversity this offseason and kind of coming into the role as a starting quarterback Gunnar Watson as soon as that championship belt was in his hands it seems like a flip switch and he was like hey I know that I was a part of this championship run last year but the next year when we have this conversation I want to be one of the main parts I don't want the defense to take all of the attention I want people to realize hey I put in the work this offseason you can see it in my play you can see in the play of this offense and I think it's just an absolute revelation and a great thing for this Troy program this season having a more balanced team as a whole and Gunnar Watson definitely has a ton to do with that. Gunnar Watson was a surprise winner of that Sunbelt Championship championship MVP belt a year ago, Caden. I think going into this game, he has to be considered the odds-on favorite right now. Caden, I am so excited to see the wide receiver talent in this game. It's honestly insane, the amount of talent at the wide receiver position. Troy has a lot of high-end talent, guys like Chris Lewis and Jabri Barber, who were third-teamers. App State has depth and Multiple big playmakers, one of them being Caden Robinson, who I think is possibly the biggest all Sunbelt snub, in my opinion. Caden, let's talk Troy because Chris Lewis, he's a walking highlight reel. I'm hoping we get to see one in person. Jabri Barber has been Gunnar Watson's favorite weapon this year. They've combined for 1,500 plus yards, 14 touchdowns. And then you've got guys like Stoudemire and Ross, who've been excellent compliments. Caden, this is the fifth most receiving yards per game from this Troy unit in the conference this year. What do you love about this unit? 
I love that Coach Summerall called his shot about this. You know, we asked him in the past, losing guys like a Tez Johnson, that's this big, and a, and a Rajay Johnson. You're losing important pass catchers from last season, and we knew that their offense had some struggles. But the fact that they were able to this year all show improvement, Chris Lewis being a huge surprise. I think my favorite thing about this entire wide receiver group right here is just their 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 differences. They're not all the same. They all have different specialties, but they're all able to get the job done. You talk about Jabri Barber being kind of the go-to guy for this team. He's the one that you can expect to get the highest volume of catches. He leads the team with 60, and the next closest guy is at 39. But he's the go-to guy. And then you have, like you mentioned, guys in Deshaun Stoudemire and Devontae Ross who are kind of slider frame guys who aren't as big. They're very shifty and are able to operate extremely well in the slots and give anyone problems when it comes to one-on-one coverage. And then when you talk about the fourth leading receiver in this group, it's Chris Lewis, and he's the one who's leading them in touchdowns, though. So it's clear that he's carved out his role as the big play threat, the guy that you want to throw the ball up to in the end zone with nine touchdowns. And he's just had an amazing season as a surprise coming out of a, a transfer portal from coming from Kentucky and making it to Troy. So I think the best part about this Troy unit is truly just their ability to have guys do different things, know their roles and play them well, and having Gunnar Rotson be able to rely on them on a down-to-down basis and lean into their strengths throughout the entire year. And I expect to definitely see it in the Sunbelt Championship game as well. Kane, meanwhile, for this App State team, I, I think they've won the argument that they are the deepest wide receiver room in the Sun Belt. I mentioned Caden Robinson. He has a Sunbelt leading 10 touchdown grabs. You look at a guy like Christian Horn, who's, at over 500 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Caden, when you look at this unit, six guys with over 300 receiving yards, seven guys with multiple receiving touchdowns, you've played against some great App State wide receiver rooms. Is this the best? That's definitely a good question, though. I think when you're talking about best wide receiver rooms at App, there's definitely a lot of conversations and debates to have. But I, I would say in my heyday, having to go up against Corey Sutton, Thomas Hennigan, Jalen Virgil, and Malik Williams on a daily basis in one-on-ones, I still think I'd rather face this unit than that unit. Just thinking from a DB's perspective of who I'd have to cover on a daily basis, but it's very close. When you look at this unit, these guys are getting it done this year, and I think when it comes to scoring, there's no denying them. We've been talking all year about how Joey Aguilar has been ranked very high as far as his touchdown passes this year, but these wide receivers have definitely capitalized and made some plays from as well. It all starts with Caden Robinson, who seemingly every game finds a way to hide some get some yards after the catch and find the end zone or get behind the defense. This is a guy who was doing that every so often last year with Chase Bryce at the helm. But then when you look at what he's been able to do with Joey Aguilar, it's become a regular thing, especially to end the season. Then you tie that in with a guy like Christian Horn, who had the expectations of being the number one guy this year, but it's kind of become a 1A, 1B, 1C. It really depends on the week. And I think Going into this season, I said this could be one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in the conference. They definitely proved it this year. I think when it comes to what they're what they're able to do compared to a Troy team, Troy's guys have a little bit more specialist ideals when it comes to what they're able to do on a down-to-down basis. These guys can almost all get it done in a lot of ways. They all have deep throat ability. They all have yards after the catch ability. And you can't not talk about the tight ends as well, who've been very effective in the red zone too, along with their blocking. So I think when you look at this unit, they definitely have the depth. They definitely have a ton of guys who can get in the end zone. And I think we will see some of those touchdown celebrations we've been seeing all season long from these guys if they do it again in the championship game. Okay, and I think you just said it. That's the key in the red zone. Both of these units have been excellent at getting touchdowns, not field goals. Let's talk about a key matchup in this game, Caden. It's got to be the trenches. You've got four all-conference defensive linemen for Troy. You've got Juvenor and Solomon, first-teamers. You've got Jackson, second team. You've got Buddha Jones, honorable mention. Then you look at App State. They've got three all-conference offensive linemen, guys like Helms and Williams, plus Jack Murphy. Troy's got two of their own in Betts and King. 
Both of these defensive lines are in the top half of the league in sacks. They're the same for sacks against Caden. Is it fair to say that this game is going to be decided at the line of scrimmage? Most definitely no. It's great to talk about the skill players and the quarterbacks in this matchup that are going to always dominate the headlines. But when it comes to where this game's going to be won and lost, I think it's going to be at a line of scrimmage. And it does have to do with how big of an impact these defensive lines respectively have been able to have on their team's success this year. When you look at Troy, as it's been throughout the entire year, it's about that sustained sustain success. And I think their defensive line has just been the cream of the crop in the conference outside of James Madison when it comes to playing at an elite level. You mentioned guys like Solomon getting 14 sacks, guys like Richard Jubinor getting sacks. I feel like those two guys' ability off of the edge is going to be the biggest matchup of this entire game. When we were coming into the season, we talked about some of the doubts and some of the question marks when it comes to those offensive tackle spots and the interior offensive line for App State. We know what we're getting out of guys like Isaiah Holmes, guys like Bucky Williams, and guys like Damian Delhi. But for Thornton Gentry and Jack Murphy, they're going to have a big assignment this year. They're in this game, rather, as far as stopping Troy's edge rushers who have been giving people nightmares all season long. And then when it comes to the App State side of things, Coach Clark mentioned it. This defensive line, as of late in the month of November, got really hot. You're seeing guys like Nate Johnson stay in the backfield, Michael Fletcher. You're seeing some guys getting healthy as well for this game. When you talk about App State's defensive turnaround this year, it's been because they've been able to get pressure up front and do some great things. That gets the job of the middle linebackers and the inside and outside linebackers easier in coverage. It definitely makes the job easier for the defensive backs in coverage. So I think them having this hot hand and the confidence they have at the perfect time has been a huge key for App State's defensive line in this game. And I think whichever defensive line you could argue is more effective and is more disruptive in this game might be the one that wins it. Caden, we've heard these two head coaches call their shots in the offseason. They both come true. It's time for us to call our shots and name some X-Factor players in this matchup. When you look at this game, Caden, I'm going to let you pick an X-Factor player for App State. Who do you think could be a game changer? I'm going with Caden Robinson as my game changer, Noah. You talked about him getting kind of snubbed out of all conference recognition this year, and I think that's just going to add another level of motivation for him in this championship game. And I think when you look at his play lately, this isn't a guy that's needed extra motivation. The last two weeks, he's had two touchdowns catches in each of those games in the following two weeks before that he's had one so I think he's going to have an extra emphasis on trying to get in the end zone this game try to make his impact and try to make the Sunbelt voters know that hey you, you you missed a spot you missed a guy when it comes to all conference rankings and he's going to definitely look to make an impact in this game and I think he's the wide receiver who can really break this game open more than any other when it comes to App State in this one so give me Caden Robinson as my x-factor player for this matchup Hey, you know, all players that are playing with a chip on their shoulder are dangerous. Caden, I'm taking a player for Troy in Reddy Stewart. We heard Carlton Marshall mention him on Wednesday's episode as his X-Factor player, and I'm going to go ahead and steal it. When you look at this Troy defense, they haven't had a ton of interceptions this year. They're tied for 10th in the league with nine. But, Caden, when you look at Reddy Stewart, he has four of those nine. Troy's run last year, if you think back to it, was punctuated by big defensive plays in the postseason. And you just think back to the bowl game. That that, that tells the story. Caden, Reddy is a player that could change the complexion of this game, I think, with one play. And he he's a guy that I like to maybe get an interception in this game. So all we've got left to do, Caden, let's make some picks. Troy, a six-point favorite over under sitting. At 52 and a half, is there any way you're picking against your boys here? I cannot for this one, no. I think when you looked at the me making the pick with James Madison versus App State, 
I picked App State to cover because my heart told me they could win this game and they were due for a big win. But I let my brain take over and pick the Dukes to win. I'm not letting the brain affect me this time. It's really about do you trust the sustained greatness of Troy in this matchup or do you like the hot hand that App State has been bringing in the last couple weeks of ball? And I'm going with the hot hand. I'm going with the boys in Boone. I'm going with them taking home their first road championship for the Sunbelt Conference. So give me App State winning in this one, which means they cover. I'm taking the over 51 and a half points. I think both of these quarterbacks, like we've mentioned, have shown a ton of improvement and have been able to get the best of some great defenses. And I think that'll be something we see in this matchup. So I'm going with the Nears in this one. Well, Caden, you can look at this game through rose-colored glasses all you want. I'm going to go ahead and give you a quick history lesson. The home team has never lost. They are undefeated in Sunbelt Championship games. You think back to Troy, they won this game by 19 last year, and they're better this year. App State, they've been susceptible to the run. Troy's got the best running back in the conference in Kamani Vidal, who was the offensive player of the year. Look for him to have a big game. I think this Troy secondary is going to make a play or two. Troy wins this game by a touchdown. The defense plays well, and I'm taking the under on the points. Well, that's going to do it for our Sunbelt Championship preview. Kate and I are looking forward to being in Troy for Saturday's big game. If you see us, make sure to say hi. Before you go, here's a quick reminder that we will be back on Monday. We'll be dropping our Sunbelt Championship game reaction, including an exclusive interview with Saturday's championship game MVP. That'll do it for us here at the Frarian Smith Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please go leave us a five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, or wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Give us five stars. Let us know what we can be doing better or what you're enjoying currently about the show. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Freire. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>